Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. You're back with Inside Sources. I'm Scott Simpson. This is Kate Clunt. Kate, uh, here we are. We're wrapping up this show. Here we here. are. And <clears throat> we're going to talk about something in our wheelhouse. We, we're we're going to talk about polling. Yeah, our and favorite thing. It's, it's one of those things that's sort of interesting at this and, and infuriating at the same time. Oh, totally. totally. So, so our U.S. Senate candidates both released polls, and I think it was at least the way I saw it was the, the McMullen campaign released a poll first. No, I was wrong. Oh, you asked way? me about this before we started, uh, but it was Mike Lee who did his Mike between Lee's August fourth and fifth. Okay, and then the McMullen one was between August twenty ninth. So Mike Lee's poll says that he's up by eighteen points on McMullen. Right, he shows fifty fifty percent amongst likely voters compared to thirty two percent for mm-hmm. McMullen. But then you've got McMullen then coming in with a poll showing it essentially a tie. In fact, he. He gives himself a one-point lead. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that they've gamed this at all, but, uh, you know, I, it's hard for me not to be cynical. Somebody's Somebody doesn't have it right here, Kate. Or What's, maybe, Scott, neither of them has okay. it right. So are you suggesting that there's a lack of maybe sincerity or authenticity to these numbers? Well, yes. Well, somebody has <laughs> yes, to be, right? I'm definitely, I definitely am because I think someone needs to be honest with our listeners that there's a big difference between an external poll for a campaign, so from a third party who mm-hmm. is really interested in measuring the race, and then the campaign itself who is looking internally for some poll numbers that they can either use to market or to use for momentum. So you need to tell it right. It's a, it's about the narrative that yeah. comes out of releasing these numbers. They're obviously want they want to tell a story. So, but but really, it, it isn't the trick here the universe that they start with. It is because because these polls, Scott, they all depend on who you are asking. Because polls are a snapshot; they are not necessarily a predictor of behavior. And this is the irritating part, right? Yeah. This, for, for those of us that are kind of political practitioners, hacks that work in the industry, yeah. y- you have these polls that are released, and you, the first thing you look for is, okay, who was the universe? Who, yep. did, who did they start with? And this is just likely voters? Yes. So that is my never-ending frustration, Scott, with these, is that there's a big difference between polling registered voters, which is what the DNews and the Hinckley Institute of Politics did, and then polling likely voters. Because likely voters don't have to be registered. They just have to tell the person calling them or texting them or sending them an email, yeah, I plan to vote. But we all know that we plan to do things that we're not going to do. Like, yeah, I, I plan to exercise later. I probably won't. <laughs> and that's, that's exactly right. Anybody asks the question, do you plan to vote? They're going to yeah. say yes. Yeah, for right? sure. And then things come up and maybe they don't. And you don't vote. Yeah. And so you end up, so so these polls that have sort of general population ask, sure, it, it's a good way to survey public opinion. Yeah, or name ID. But it's not a predictor of outcome of Absolutely an election, not. right? Yeah. So what should they be doing? 
So I like that the Deseret News polled registered voters. I think that's a step in the right direction. And you can go even closer than that, right? Mm-hmm. You can go to you can go to proven or what I call chronic general voters, right? Yeah. People, I mean, you could you can carve this super a million voters. ways, but super voters, people yeah. that have you you know in your business, you you apply a score to everybody yeah. based on how likely they are, their propensity to vote again, right? Yeah, and the thing is, there could be people who are like, yeah, I vote all the time, and they vote in every presidential election. And that's but every not four a midterm. years, right? Yeah. Right. And so we have midterms every two. We've got municipal elections. So I don't consider you a super, super voter unless you're voting in your municipal. Going all the way down exactly. to the mayor's race, right? Exactly. So th- that's the part that I think is interesting here. And listeners need to kind of get their arms around this. The first question they should ask is, who did they start with? Yep. And is it granular enough to really be a represent- representation of who's going to turn out to vote, right? Yeah. And I think the second question you ask is, how did they ask them? Because oh. that also plays a huge role in who you're talking to and which demographics you're actually hitting. Because both the McMullen and the Lee poll had very different mechanisms for reaching potential poll participants. So in one instance, you had the methodology. And, and I really like, Scott, that they talked to Leah Murray in this D News article mm-hmm. because Leah is one of our co-hosts on KSL at night, and she's very, very smart. Um, but she talked about how um, when they're talking about a multimodal approach, which is when you can do phone or email or phone call or a text, that kind of thing, then you're going to get younger voters because younger voters use text messages. And that distorts the reliability of the returns. It right? can because they can be the ones that are not quite as likely to vote. All of the time. And so that was the, the case with the McMullen poll. Why can't it be 1998 again when everybody answered their phone and everybody responded to polls when they were called? Today, the completion rates for polling is terrible. Right? Yeah. And, and so I haven't even set up my voicemail inbox, Scott. M- most people self-select out of being contacted by that. Mm-hmm. So even the people that would respond to a poll Are end biased. up return. They're distorting an outcome. It's not a true um, sample of, of even proven voters, right? Yeah. And then at least with the Lee poll, they, they used phone calls, which have their own set of biases, right? Because right. they tend to only reach older voters mm-hmm. and they make up less and less of the voting block every yeah, election. Sure. And so you're, you're kind of missing that group of people, the Gen Xers and the millennials in the middle, people like me who don't like to answer the phone. Right. Yeah. So so the, how they're asking, I think, is, is really important. And then the third thing I would say, Scott, is what are they asking? Mm. Because the way that you phrase a question can impact what people are actually saying, right? Right. Yeah. You, the, that's exactly right. And the whole point here is these campaigns and the part that everybody needs to kind of get their arms around is these campaigns know what they want for results in these polls. And they set up these polls to give them the most likely outcome. Right. I do think I do think elections still tend to be they still tend to tilt towards older voters. And so I kind of have greater confidence in an older demographics response. And I think that's maybe more closely aligned with a potential outcome because it's infinitely harder to get people to vote that that are not uh, already in the habit of voting. Yeah. But if I'm going to say that one of these is is better than the other, I'm going to go with the D News Hinckley poll. That put them within about six points of each other. So you think single digits? That's where we're yeah, at I in do. this race. With registered voters, yeah. but Lee still has an advantage. He does. That's you, what, that's w- my prediction. Well, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> 
This is uh, early in the process, but Kate's got, with great confidence, tells us that uh, we've got single digits. It's going to be a horse race all the way to November. My fingers are crossed. Well, coming up, we'll have our final thoughts for Friday. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.